Welcome to the Stubscast, the content creator hub, where Stubbs talks to other creators from YouTube, bloggers, vloggers, anyone who is deemed a content creator about their journey into content creation, sharing tips and tricks. Welcome, Graphic God. It's an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, but uh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it quite a bit. Oh, definitely. The honor's all mine. It is. Right. Now, Graphic God, you have an amazing podcast called Retro Renegades, which I enjoy weekly, especially this this week's was very entertaining with Super saying loads of stuff for money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and uh, <laughs> let's hope that becomes a, becomes a reoccurring trend. Oh, yeah, it was very, very entertaining, that was. <laughs> you also make a lot of great artwork at www.xboxgamerpicks.com where you create logos and more. Would you like to explain what you do in YouTube and podcasts and all your kind of artwork? You'd probably give a better description than make myself. Sure, sure. So um, I guess the fact that I've got a website called xboxgamerpicks.com is a little bit deceiving because I do a lot more than just gamer picks, but that's kind of what I focus on because that is where the majority of the people that are looking for work, that's what they want. So um, I jumped on this little venture, this business venture, when I heard that Xbox was going to allow customized gamer picks. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, I got to get on this as soon as possible or you know, everyone will be jumping on this. And 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 rightfully so. I mean, it's it's something if you're creative and you can provide this service to people, then why wouldn't you? Um, so when I heard that they were gonna do that, the first thing I did was I registered a website and I started working, you know, I started I built the website and then I was already doing gamer picks already, but I wasn't advertising and I didn't I didn't run a little business and um so I basically I built it and I started advertising it and you know what they say, you know, if you build it, people will come. Well, they have, and I've been getting pretty well weekly business from the site, people um, looking for gamer picks. And uh, I even, like I said, I even do more than gamer picks. I, I do intros. I have a background in animation. So I do oh. intros for people. I do video editing. Um, I do banners. If people are looking for banners for their social media channels, I do those as well. Um, a little bit of anything. Like some people will come to me and say, Hey, Jay, can you do this? And because I have a background in graphic design, I, I, I know if I know the dimensions and I know the requirements, I can build it basically. So it's just a matter of me being creative and giving people what they, what they're looking for. Yeah, sounds sounds very good. I mean, it's something that I could never do. Some of the some of the work you do, it, it must take you hours upon end to do some of the stuff you do. It must, it, it I does. Can't yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say that on average, depending on the complexity of some avatars, anywhere between two to ten hours. Oh, okay. Wow. And, and and it all depends on complexity too. And sometimes if people want animation added to their avatars that takes a little bit extra. So that's why I also have three different price ranges. I don't want this podcast to be basically talking about my site. 
But I don't mind. It's, yeah. it's all about <laughs> it's all content creation, isn't it? It's creation I, of I suppose, you know. I suppose it is. But but like if you if you went to XboxGamerPicks.com, you'd see that I have three. I have four price ranges. I have the lowest tier, which is thirty five dollars. So you could basically get come to me and say, "Hey Jay, I want a picture of myself holding a holding a barbarian sword, but I only want to pay thirty five dollars." Well, you're going to get that, and it's not going to look like a piece of crap. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my my best into it, but you know I, I might not put as much into one that someone comes to me and says, "Hey Jay, can you you know can you do that same picture of me with the barbarian sword for fifty dollars?" Then I'd add a little extra detail, make it yeah. make it a little nicer, and then you go up to seventy five dollars, which is like really like the top of the line. Sometimes I even have um, detailed backgrounds in those ones as well. And then if somebody says to me, "Well, I want to go full out and I want to do the hundred dollar," then I'll actually animate your character, and he'll be moving in a in a you know a loop, so that you could basically use that on your YouTube channel, or if you stream, you could always import these graphics into your streaming software and have it playing on the screen all the time. So there's lots of purposes for them. Um, but And like I said, you know, we have different price ranges, uh, kind of, um, I, I, I cater to everyone's needs. So that's about it. Very, it's very, very interesting. It is, you know, it's uh, it's a, definitely a talent that is. <laughs> you know, you can make yourself a lot, quite a bit of money. You can, I suppose. But I suppose you, it's not your full time job. I imagine you've got, you've got a normal job as well. You know, that's right. Yeah, I. So I <laughs> before before the isolation, before that. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, I'm not here at the minute. I'm not. But um, I I work for a university. And what I do at the university is I, I'm a multimedia analyst where I develop multimedia for online courses. So that's anything from animated simulations, um, video editing. I do compositing. I do podcasting. I get professors come into my office and we record audio podcasts. Sometimes oh. we do video podcasts. And then I basically get all these prepared and uh, we put them in online courses for students. That's very interesting. That is, yeah. That is very interesting. That is. Just give a few shout outs to people that are here. Shout outs to UK Daz, Stinking Corpse, the Indie Gamer, Ro Rose Light Moon from Germany. Who else we got? Matt, Matt Burns. Matt Burns. That is like Matt Burns. That's it. Matt Burns as well. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to everyone who's come out. Could you give us a uh, tweet it out as well, please? Because apparently YouTube doesn't like to let people know that shows are happening. And you know what's funny? That exactly thing happened because I just jumped on my other computer to make sure that it was on my YouTube and it wasn't there. So I had uh, to. Oh, it wasn't there. Oh, no. Okay. You didn't even come up. You didn't even come up in my in my uh, my list here. So. And shout out to Tyrus. I think I missed you there. Just make sure I get all the shout outs in. Right. This is a question you've you probably got asked a lot, but when did you when did you first get into gaming? Was it as a kid? Oh, definitely. Um, so some people in the in the chat know my age. Um, so I'm I'm 47. And so I've been gaming 
since the 70s. I remember the first time I ever played um, a home console was when my dad brought home this box. And the box had two little paddles and a light gun. And it was basically a glorified Pong machine. So it played like seven or eight variations of Pong. Everything from um, there was like racquetball and there was regular tennis and there was just different they called it different things so depending on depending on the button you pushed that's the version you played i think there was even a hockey which which is kind of kind of shocking but it had a light gun and they had a a game where basically a little ball would bounce around the screen and you would shoot it so that i think that was my first um experience playing a, a game at home back back then i'm pretty sure there was arcades Although I don't remember. It's so hard to remember how that long ago. There might have been arcades at the time where there was like Pac-Man and Space Invaders. I don't remember. But that was my first experience with a home console. And then after that, um, we got an Atari. But it wasn't an Atari. It was oh. a it was a Gemini. Okay. So some people may not know about the Gemini. I don't. You, could, you can Google it. It, it's basically it, it's a it's a system made by Coleco, but it played Atari games, and it was basically just an Atari clone. It came with two joysticks that had the sticks and a little um, paddle, all built onto one gamepad or onto one joystick. It was like the most unique gamepad ever. Even to this day, I don't think anyone's ever made anything this unique. Where you can actually, have, you know, up top is the actual stick with the button, and then down the bottom is the little circular paddle that you can go left and right to play certain games with. And uh, that's how I kind of got into gaming. I think I probably had a couple dozen Atari games at the time before, before of course, moving on to bigger and better. Um, but yeah, I used to trade with friends. Um, yeah, that was kind of like the beginning, and I think that's that's where I got my start, and I haven't looked back. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you've got quite a good game in history there. You look, you're a little bit older than me. I'm only thirty five. I am. Oh, okay. So my first, my first console that I can remember was is what you call the Sega Genesis. So over here it was called the Sega Mega Drive. Yes, yes, that's and, one of my and, one of my favorite consoles of all time. So yeah, it was Sonic the Hedgehog I played first. I, I need I need to have a real think about what games I used to play back then. Well, my first Sega. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, 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 you go. I was going to say no. My my first console was the Sega Master System, and I'm not sure what was it called the Mark Three in UK. No, no, it was called the Sega Master System. It was called my, the Master System. Okay. Well, my my friends actually had it, so I don't know. Why they had to name the Sega Genesis and Sega Mega Drive different consoles when it was the same one? Yeah. But the Sega Master System was called the Master System in yeah. over here. Yeah, so that was my first uh, Sega console. Like a lot of my friends had Nintendos and like the, the the NES, and I didn't. Not that I didn't oh, yeah. like it. Not that I didn't like it, but 
by the time it was my turn to get get my own machine, I didn't want to get what everyone else had because if I want to play those games, I can just go to their homes homes and play them. So I decided I'm going to get something different so that, you know, because back then, that's what it was all about. It was all about going to each other's houses and playing games together and, and just having fun. And I thought if I had a different machine with different games, then that would bring people to my place, you know, for, for a different experience. And that's basically what it did. You know, I had my Sega Master System with, with my, you know, dozen games. And sometimes I would trade it with my buddy who had an NES and he'd have, he'd give me all of his games in the system. And that's just the way you did it. There was no, none of this fighting over whose consoles, whose piece of plastic was better. If you wanted to play, well, you just played it. Main. I mean, and, and the biggest difference back then to now is back then we didn't have the, the money that we, we don't have, we didn't have the disposable income that we have now. So if you were a household that had one console, then you were all set. You know, some places, some people didn't have any at all, but it was almost unheard of, at least that I can remember, for people to have more than one console. Usually you had one or the other because they were so expensive at the time and we were so young, we, we couldn't afford them on our own. Our parents had to buy them for us. Yeah, exactly. You might laugh at this, though, but... Whenever my dad, used, obviously, I oh, used to buy us the consoles and the Mega Drive and the Mega CD. We also had a Mega CD, right. which I think you guys called it a Sega CD, was it? Sega, that's right. Yeah, Sega CD. So, you know, you got like the Mega Drive sits on top and you've got the CD drive underneath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Tower yeah. of Power. Yeah. And then you put the, then you put the 30, 32X on top and you've got the Tower of Power. Exactly. Um, despite the fact that you always bought us it, when it came to night time, we had to pick it downstairs along with the TV, mm-hmm. and he would sit there and play it. <laughs> how how many times did your mom say, that's going to destroy the television. Don't leave that on too long. She never said that. Oh, my mom used to say that all the time. She would never let us play our game consoles on the good TV because she was afraid it was going to ruin the televisions. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Michael Box of X. Cheers for coming. Hey, Box, what's happening? They're all saying in the chat that there was there was two uh, master systems. There was a, a Mark One and a Mark Two. Okay, I knew that there they was. were. They had a Mark. I knew that name was Mark at the beginning. I just couldn't remember what they called them. And I'm not sure if that was the the Japanese version or the UK version. I just didn't remember. Yeah, thanks for sharing it out, everyone. But yeah, it's an interesting chat so far. It is right. Okay. So, what's your favourite genre? Oh, a stupid question, really. It's retro, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Well, it, I mean, if I was to, if you were to put me into time, like into a time machine, depending on how old I was, I would have a different answer for you. So, when I was when I was a kid, it was always platformers because that was the majority of the games. Um, so even today, I still love platformers. Um, my second favorite genre is probably fighting games. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I absolutely love anything from Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, um, even like Streets of Rage, which 
uh, you probably are, are aware that I'm super excited for the new Streets of Rage 4 to be oh, released. I love Streets of Rage 1. Yeah, me too. I love them all. I don't remember the 2 and the 3. You don't they, remember were, them? Are they any good? Um, yes. I need to get these then. Yes, uh... yeah, they're very good. And if you really want to play them, then I'd say you pick yourself up one of those uh, Sega Ma- Sega Genesis Minis. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh. Yeah, I think I think they have all three on them. And if not, you can mod them. Me and you can talk behind the scenes about that. Oh yeah, well, probably at some point. I have been meaning to get one, but I just never have. If you know what I mean? Because it it was a good, really really good console. You know. Oh yeah, it's still like yeah. my said. Like I said, it's probably one of my favorites. I bought it. And I didn't buy it because I couldn't play those games because I've been playing retro games for as long as I can remember. I wanted the mini console because I wanted the authentic game pads. You know, the Sega Genesis gamepad that are basically the USB game pads, but they're authentic, uh, you know, the, the authentic three button version. But I do believe that in the uh, UK, you get the six button version when you buy that, uh, the Sega Genesis mini. So. I'll be honest, the memory's not very good, but I'm sure someone in the chat will be able to uh, jog my memory mm-hmm. on, on that front. Welcome, Wilmy Hood. Cheers for coming, stopping What's by. What's happening, Wilmy? So he was first to bring up the controller. Some, some, I know someone will. My memory's terrible on all this retro stuff. It seems so long ago. <laughs> to me. But yeah, like even today, uh, speaking of retro, even today I was trying to convert an old laptop that I had just sitting in the corner in my in my home. It's like probably 15 years old. I was trying to convert that into a retro gaming um, device, which I've almost succeeded at. So oh, I, was, I, was, I was playing with that today. I mean, every every retro console you buy now, you can basically mod them and play almost every system on them. But I wanted something dedicated that's always sitting here with a screen and I had this old laptop sitting here. So I figured I would try it out. I haven't gotten to it hundred percent, but it's, it's getting there. Oh, good news. That is. Daz has confirmed it. It was six buttons because he remembers playing street fighter or something. Oh yes. Well, yeah, yeah. that's when in, in North America, when street fighter was released, I remember when it was released because I was in college and I went down to the local store that the, the, there weren't a lot of places that sold video games at the time. I went down to the local place that sold video games and I bought Street Fighter Championship Edition for the Sega Genesis. It cost me $100 Canadian for that game. Okay. And they had the six button game pads with it. And if you play Street Fighter, you do know you need six buttons. You know, there's high punch, medium punch, low punch. High, high kick, medium kick, low kick. Um, so I ended up buying two controllers and the game. I think I walked out of that place spending almost $300. And this was all like college money, which I shouldn't have been spending. But you, you only go to college once. so Exactly. <laughs> I used all my book money on it. Have you seen what Wilby Hood's put in the chat? I didn't know they sold video games in 1938. Oh. Oh, Will, <laughs> I think Wilmy's older than I am, or he's the same age, for God's sakes. 
Yeah, Wilmy's a, Wilmy's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's not not only is he very very generous, he's an awesome guy. And that's yeah, he's like a good guy. That, that's yeah. what makes him. That's what makes him better. I don't. His generosity is second to his uh, his personality and his kindness. So exactly. Sorry about sidetracking you there. That's okay. That's okay. I, I'm not 100% uh, watching the chat either. So if people are asking me questions, um, in case some people didn't, probably a lot of people don't realize this. We had a couple of little technical issues before the, yeah. beforehand. And I, I had a, it was because of Daz. Daz, yeah, Daz, Daz you, you screwed us, Daz. You screwed every podcast for the next month. <laughs> no, but I, we, I had to change computers at the last minute because hmm. StreamYard wouldn't run on my main machine. So I'm actually looking at a different screen on the different side of my uh, my computer desk, so I can't actually look over. Oh, Matt Burns says he's looking to contact me for a gamer pack. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Wilmerhood's 47. Yeah, same as me. Shit. Yeah, we're both 47. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So right. How did you? Here's a question for you. How did you get into making artwork for content creators? How did that come about? As in, as in actual actually trying to make the, the artwork. Hmm. I think that some people are going to be very surprised when I tell them this answer. So, some people in the chat may remember G4 TV. Um, G4 TV was basically a, a channel that was all about tech and primarily about gaming. It was uh, it was actually a, a channel you could subscribe to on, on your local cable company. Okay. And um, G4 had everything from Electric Playground, and they had X Play, and they had they just had so many gaming shows and tech shows. And I was huge into watching that channel. Like I, I probably watched that channel more than i watched anything kind of like how people are with youtube today a lot of people oh, yeah. just watch youtube um that when that came to an end a lot of the people that that were on g4 left and started youtube channels and there was a, sp a specific channel on youtube well i shouldn't even actually say it was youtube they they actually had their own website it was called revision 3 and a lot of the people that left G4 went to Revision 3. And on Revision 3, there was a program called the Totally Rad Show. And the Totally Rad Show consisted of three guys. There was Dan Trachtenberg, Jeff Kanata, and Alex Albrecht. And these three guys would basically stand in front of a green screen and talk about video games, comic books, and movies and sometimes TV shows, but all very, it was all very nerd culture. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So they used to do a weekly show and then the weekly show turned into a daily show. Anyway, the production level on that show was, was 10,000. Like, so if you look at one of the best shows on YouTube right now, times that by a thousand, and that's the production level these guys wow. put into, put into their show. Good. Like they had real people 
real like because they came from um, television, they already had that background. So these guys knew what to do. So they would basically stand in front of a green screen, talk about video games and stuff. And while they were talking, they would have imagery appear behind them and appear under them. And they, they would be put into crazy situations, all composited and all done with video editing. And when I'm when I was watching, I was like, this is this is what I want to do. This is this is some cool stuff. I really want to get into this stuff. And then they started asking for user submissions for their backgrounds. So they'd basically be standing in front of a green screen yeah. and, and they would have a background behind them. They were asking for user submissions. So I started submitting imagery to them. And the next thing you know, I probably at least once a week, they're showing one of my graphics in the background. Wow. That was really good. Yeah. So I, I was quite, I was quite taken back by that and excited. And so I, that kind of got me, got my juices flowing about what I wanted to do. Um, then I got in touch with these guys and then next thing you know, I'm designing t-shirts for them that they're selling on their, on their site. They started to I don't sure if a lot of you guys know jinx.com. They were one of the first nerd culture clothing sites back probably 10 years ago. They were big. Um, I designed a shirt for them and they were selling it on jinx.com. And, and I think by the end of it, I designed three or four shirts for them that they sold. Um, that's kind of how I got into the whole thing. And then when revision three ended, yeah, they all moved to just strictly YouTube. So they didn't have a website. You can go to and find all of these uh, different podcasts. You had to go to YouTube and find them. And that's what kind of made me realize that there was so much more out there more than just, you know, this, this group of revision three channels that, that that related to things that I liked. I went online. I realized, oh, wow, there's like regular people doing podcasts regarding podcast, sorry, regarding gaming and movies and stuff like that. And that's kind of where I started watching some of these guys. Like I started watching the big game small talk back in the day. I'm not sure if everyone's uh, familiar with them. Um, so that that was one of the first ones I started, and of course, Crap Gamer was one of the big guys that were doing YouTube back then. And I kind of got into do, uh, watching him. Yeah, and I think seeing what they were doing and knowing what I could provide to people, it it made me realize, hey, maybe maybe we could help each other. So I started sending crap gamer some graphics for his uh, youtube channel thinking you know this might be a way to spice up your stuff he didn't i don't think he had an avatar or something at the time i sent him a an avatar and i sent him some banners or something i said what do you think of these and that's kind of how how my youtube career kind of got started getting involved with people in that way um just sending stuff off seeing what they thought and if they liked it they used it and that kind of gave me a little bit of exposure Exactly. Definitely. Well, it definitely it definitely worked anyway, didn't it? Yeah. You kind of you kind of nailed two questions in one there. You have. <laughs> it's all related, though. Sorry, say that again. So it's, it's all relatable. You you kind of you compacted one question into two. Yeah. It kind of, 
Yeah. I, I, I'm not good. I'm not very good at keeping that, a, 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 a line of concentration when I'm answering questions. Sometimes I just go off on tangents. I'm not good at this, right. but <laughs> I do my best. Oh, it's a good story because it, it's all, all relatable and it, and it all fits in. You know? I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it, because it was all, it all came from necessity. I needed to be entertained. So when, when my entertainment ended on, on one platform, I jumped to another and then jumped to another. And that's kind of where I landed here because YouTube is basically where everything is now. I it mean, is. I don't, I, I don't I even think. watch, I don't even watch uh, IGN or GameSpot or any of those sites anymore because I don't need to. You don't. But, Cause it's like years ago. I mean, I know everyone goes on YouTube for podcasts, but years ago when I first had an iPod, you know, like when the first iPods came out, Mm-hmm. You could go on your laptop and download podcasts, and from what I from what I gathered, there wasn't this big YouTube buzz, you know, about having new podcasts on YouTube. It was all about having downloadable podcasts onto your iPods, right, and then on, onto your phones. But now, hence the reason why they call them podcasts. Well, exactly. Technically, what we're doing here yeah. isn't a podcast unless you no. download it and up- upload it yeah. to the the sites. Um, Podcast vendors, or whatever you, you know, what I mean, like Apple, Google, etc. You know, mm-hmm. that's all right. Micro, micro box. You, you don't, you don't need to mention his name. <laughs> uh, he mentioned him as well when the micro box came on as well, because that's who he first started watching many years ago. I mean, and there were there was lots of great content developers, content creators back then. Um, there were even some guys that I don't even know if they're still podcasting today. But you know, I always entered watching podcasts and, and content because I was first a lover of gaming. But once I saw the uh, the agenda. Yeah, I, it turned me off. Like there was one play, one guy that I used to watch, um, something Fox, Red Fox, maybe. I can't remember something Fox, and he was a gamer, and this was all back, to, you know, 2013 time when the Xbox One X and the PlayStation Four were released, and I thought he was basically just a gamer, but I I could slowly see in his content that. He was he was complaining about Xbox. Every every mm-hmm. every second show he would put out, he was bitching about Xbox about something, and that started. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it started turning me off, and instead of making me realize that these people aren't real gamers, they're just opportunists. You know, they're they're just doing what they need to do to get the views and the clicks, and it also bothered me to know that. There was an entire audience out there that catered to that. Oh, the race. I mean, if you if you if you were to sell out, oh I hate you know PlayStation or I hate Xbox, you get massive views, you can get serious views, and there's you a lot of them like I'm not gonna mention certain names, but a lot of them they like play off each other, they flip flop one minute and they get the fans enraged to go in the comment section and comment. And they well, love it. It yeah, pays. But, it, it pays to hate Xbox. It, it does. does. It does, and it's it's funny yeah. now how flip flopping has become not just a not just a term, but it's almost a career. 
exactly. It's not something I could do, to be honest. You know, I, I see. No, like I, I feel I'm the same way. Like who, who I am. I'm with. Ev- I'm the same way with everything. I've always been an Xbox guy, and that all came from necessity. Um, you know, I did the Xbox, the OG Xbox. I did 360 at X- Xbox One, and then of course I'm going to do X. Um, I I didn't do it because I hate other things. I did it because I um, financially I can really only afford to support one system. Because if I was to if I was to support all the systems, and the way that I buy games, I would be broke all the time. Exactly. I, would have, I, would, I would have zero dollars in my in my bank account. I mean, it's like you it's like you also you only have time to play so many games. So what most of the time you have got to choose one platform because you only got so much time to play games. Like me, because I got I've got kids and you know like most people have. And yeah, I've only I, I only. I only really get to play games at say after eight, nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. when they're in bed. That's when I play it. So I don't get to play it all day long. No, like me neither. Yeah, that's the even way during I the lockdown. Am. Even during the lockdown, no, oh. I do. People, I do not get to play games all day long. No, I don't either. I, I, work, you even, even though even though I'm on lockdown, I'm still working every day. I mean, you know, because because I I work for a university and I work in the virtual world with with online game online. Uh, courses i can work from home so they're taking full advantage of the fact that i can do all this stuff from home so i'm i'm busy all day and then come evening if i'm not tired which you know people who work get tired in the evening no matter what they do i don't always want to sit down and play a game sometimes i just want to chill and watch a movie or watch a show but i'm like a lot of people you know our, our backlogs are so Big. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to get through yeah. uh, Division Two right now, and I've been playing that. That game's been out for a long time. I finally got into oh, it, and I'm, I'm I'm hooked on it. Like every day, I'm playing it. Guess when I got it? I got it when it first came out. I bought it into the hype train. Mm-hmm. I, it was like sixty or seventy quid. Yes. And you know what level I'm now? I'm still I'm still yeah. level six. I stopped playing it. Oh well, you know what? I, I need to stop playing. You and I, you and right. I should play together. And I'll go through all the missions with you, and uh, you'll you'll zoom up the levels pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to do that. Well, cheers. Because um, I, I think I'm I'll level. Sure, I'm, I'm level twenty nine. Sure I don't know. I've got two cons. I'm not sure which one which one it's installed on. If it ain't, I'll re-download it. I will. I even bought it for three dollars from my PC. So I figured when I beat it on the on the Xbox, I'll play it again on my PC. Well, you might as well. The best thing you can that dad says the best thing you can do is get the kids to play their games, so you can play your. That doesn't really work out because I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and I don't really like them playing games unless it's on the Kindle, you know. But to be fair, to, with my son, he's, he has actually took an interest in playing Xbox games. He likes to play Sonic. He's not very good at it, and the the ukulele game. He's not very oh, good yeah. at it, and no. and he turns it off after about. 10 or so minutes so i try and keep them off games as long as i can hmm. you know i'm not not banning it but you know right. i don't really want them to be well basically I, I want my console to be my console <laughs> well i've got i've got two xbox one x's so i bought the, i bought one when they were first announced i won the second one from um oh snaps it's mel 
when she did her charity stream a couple of Christmases ago, I donated some money to the, to the donation stream and uh, I ended up winning it. So that's downstairs and my daughter uses it strictly for Fortnite. So that's the only thing, it's the only game that gets played on that one. Well, yeah, because I, I was looking on my Xbox list and I, I messaged uh, Elite Gaming Guru saying, what, what, what's up with you these days? Well, what's up? I said, you're always on Fortnite. Oh, then my kids are playing on it all day long, not at school. <laughs> well, so I got some people. You know. Sorry, that's just going to say, I got my, my daughter her own gamer tag, so she's got her own account. So I think that might be the best option for some people. Yeah. You know, I was like, you're a Fortnite. No, I'm not. It's not me. <laughs> no, it's not for me either. I tried. She tr- she tried to get oh. me to sit down with her and play it one day. And I was like, yeah, no, this is just not for me. No, you, I, I have I have played it with my my younger cousins. And to be fair, we dominated, but that was because of them, not me. Right. They'd like they'd like say stand there, right? And I look around and we were 25 foot in the air. They'd flip me up in the air by building it. I thought, what? It's the building part, you know. But anyway, yeah, you're right. welcome. How do I say this? Punk dish game. Punk dish. How do you say it? Punkish game. I'm gonna say punk. it's uh, punk. Punk, punk dish. Welcome. Punk punkadish. Punkadish. Let me know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> I don't know if I am, but welcome. Okay, but you're yeah, gonna you you um, you're, you're gonna you're gonna either get mad at me or laugh at me. But I'm just realizing why I didn't get a notification for this channel, because I didn't. I'm not subscribed. That that doesn't make any sense at all. No, that doesn't make any sense at all that I'm not subscribed. Not many people are subscribed. I wouldn't worry about. That doesn't make any sense. I should have been subscribed because I've watched past shows. It's fine. I won't get mad at anyone. (laughs) Well, you're probably you're, you're you're probably much like me. Um, I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy creating content for podcasts, but I've never made a cent from YouTube. So the whole subscription thing and and uh, the join buttons and stuff means zero to me. I've, I've never made I mean, a cent on. You probably will get offered it eventually. I don't know how you get offered it. I, I've, um, I've got sub, subs on Twitch. I've got two subs on Twitch, but they're through the Prime subscription. You can get a free a free Prime one, don't you? A month. How do you? you okay. Sub, if you have Prime, Amazon Prime, you can sub to a Twitch streamer for a month, but you've got to redo it. It's just as part, excuse me, as part of your subscription. Okay. Okay. No, I. I mean, we subscribe. Or sorry, we um, put our, our retro Renegade, which is on Tuesday nights. Uh, we are broadcast on YouTube, Twitch, and and Mixer all at the same time. Oh yeah, that restream. It's restream, yeah. But I, I never pay attention to Mixer and Twitch, so I don't know how many people actually go there. I don't know. I mean, Mixer's a weird. Well, Mixer, I've tried it. It's all right. I just don't ever think it would. It'll be as good as Twitch, right? Twitch has its faults, but it's number one. Well, yeah, it's it's a popular it's a popularity contest. Let's all just be honest. I, I do believe though that anyone that's going to come second is Facebook Gaming. Probably a lot of people say it's not, but I've been looking at the numbers of people watching, and they're, they're up there. I'm probably up there beating Mixer. 
my only my only concern is i don't know how many um people in our in our age range and younger are actually still on facebook i use facebook but i don't talk about gaming wise i i, I use this i've got a facebook page and i, I use the stubs cast and I, I comment on gaming related stuff like that i do use facebook yeah. i do I have a, fa- a I, I have a Facebook page, but I never use it, and it drives my mom crazy because she'll contact me, you know, once or twice a week and say, "Jay, did you see the picture of such and such?" And I said, "Mom, where? Why would I see that? Where is that at?" Oh, it's on the computer, which she means it's on Facebook. Oh, sorry. and I was like, "Mom, I don't go on Facebook. I'm sorry." Like uh, sometimes I have some automatic things that get sent to Facebook, but I never go there. I have no I have no interest in contacting people from high school. I have no interest in talking to people that I haven't spoken to in 30 years. If I don't talk to you, if I, if I don't talk to you now, I probably will never talk to you. Well, yeah, it's like that. I've got some people on and I've never you know, if I see them in the street I might say hi to, but some of the some of the some of our people ad people they've not seen in years. Mm-hmm. You know, because they always say that Facebook's actually the loneliest place because you don't meet up with people. You just say hi, hi on Facebook. Oh yeah, how was your holiday? Yeah, well, I've seen all your photos already. They're on, they're on there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I'm actually bad for that. To be fair, I am. But okay. you know. Anyway, let's. So, how did you? As in, I, I know you've mentioned you work for you work you helped out on the crap gaming channel. But what made you actually want to launch into YouTube and make your own podcast and? Stuff like that. Well, that that kind of is that's kind of related to the whole oh, my oh, asso- my association with Crap Gamer. Um, I, I some people know the story, but I'll, I'll probably go into a little more detail about it. So, back when I was sending stuff to Crap, um, he was liking my stuff, and then I kind of got connected with the BGST guys. The next thing you know, I'm doing graphics for all those guys as well. Yeah, um, it was around that time. It's when uh, Mooch got involved. And um, they contacted me, and Mooch needed an avatar, and I created him one. Yeah. And then we, then Mooch and I started talking behind the scenes because he saw what I was doing for BGST and saw what I was doing for Crap, and had this idea about doing his own what his own YouTube channel because he didn't have one at the time. Okay. And so he came to me and he said that he you know he really liked what I was doing for uh, those guys but he wanted to do something unique and different. So he had a couple ideas. We sat down and, well, we didn't sit down together, but we chatted over, you know, over hangouts or whatever we did. You sometimes, I think we even chatted over the phone about what types of things he wanted to do. And then of course I came back to him with some great ideas and that's when he started doing, um, growing up gaming. I don't know if a lot of people remember that. No, I don't remember that. So growing up gaming was basically, so I created an avatar for him, which was basically like an Uncle Sam character. And the reason why he kind of looked like Uncle Sam was because it was his persona. He was all American and he loved America. And that was kind of like the character that he played online. So we designed that character to represent that. And he wanted to do a show that was basically like a kind of like a talk show or, or or more like a news program 
but not like everyone else's shows because everyone else's was, were basically just kind of like what you're looking at here, you know, icons on a black screen. That's all they were. Yeah, I know you mean. But he wanted to be a little something a little more. So after several weeks of working together, we decided that, huh, UK Dads was saying that my last Facebook post was 5th of March. 5th of March? Oh, probably not this year. Anyway, if it, if it is a 5th of March, it's because it was an automatically sent from another account. Who knows? Um, sorry, let me get back into that. Um, so we, so we, we decided we're going to do something unique. I decided that I was going to create this whole animated um, scene where it kind of looks like a talk show. Kind of looks like uh, you know the the Johnny Carson show or uh, the David Letterman show. Actually, he he I think he described it more like he wanted to be like like John Stewart, that kind of oh, show. Okay. Yeah. And so you know I basically did the backdrop and the desk, and his character would be sitting at a desk, and he'd be talking about you know news topics, mostly gaming. And so I had his character moving in like I think he had like ten or eleven different positions. Some people may not realize that that i would have loved to have him fully animated but that animation takes a lot of time um i've, I've done classical animation in the past and just to give people an idea uh, when you do classical animation you're doing 15 to 24 drawings per second wow okay <laughs> that, 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 that's how many drawings you have to do per second just for normal motion so I decided that there was no way that if we were going to create this together, that I was going to be able to spend that much time, you know, animating his character. So we come up with, you know, like 10 or 11 different poses and he wouldn't move periodically, but we'd always have a screen on the show where it represented what he was talking about. So if he was talking about a particular game, the image of the game would be up there. Sometimes you even have live video of the game playing in that screen because that was easy enough to do but animating his character took a little longer so we didn't go into all that um so we uh we did that for a while and that kind of evolved into a couple other shows that he decided to do he he, he saw the success from the original one that we did for growing up gaming because he was getting crazy hits on it it was his first youtube channel and I guess his his first show just exploded. People were really impressed with the quality of the content, not just the quality of the imagery, but you know his content, what he spoke about. And if anyone knows Mooch, Mooch is a talker, right? Mooch can sell yeah, he, can. he can sell uh, ice cubes to Eskimos. Yeah, so so um, we did that, and then that evolved into a couple other smaller shows. One was called. Uh, Mooch's minute. So basically, he would rant on a, on any topic for one minute. Oh, okay. And we basically did the same thing where he was his animated character. It was a little bit different setup, but that kind of thing. Um, and I'm not trying to say that because we simplified the animations that it didn't take long. Those things still took forever. They still took a good three to four hours to produce. You know, he would send me the audio. Yeah. I, I would bring the audio into a program and then I would take his character and then I would periodically change his character up, 
moving around the scene. And then I would change the imagery depending on what he was speaking about. I mean, I'd say on average, a minute of, uh, of audio would probably take an hour of editing. So I kind of said that to uh-huh. people that come, some people come to me and ask me about audio editing and video editing. That's kind of an average number. Uh, one yeah. one minute takes about an hour, sometimes more, sometimes less. Depending. Wow. Yeah. So, so if if you could understand that when we did growing up gaming, I think growing up gaming was something like ten minutes long. So one episode of ten minutes of dialogue would take about ten hours of produ- production. Goodness, that's a long time. Isn't something it? like that. that is- but the end result was always satisfying. Yeah. So it was kind of, it's kind of like it's, if anyone knows me, I'm a very creative person. I like being creative. And when I, when I'm being creative, time just flies. So that kind of stuff doesn't really bother me that much. I, I enjoy doing it. And I lo- and if I love the end result, then that's even better. And if, and if people like what they see, you know, that's, that's even better. Exactly. Yeah, that's the main thing. That is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's how that all evolved. And then when I was producing all this stuff for, uh, for Mooch, he came to me and said that him and crap had an idea about doing a show together and want to know if yeah. I want to get involved because of all the stuff I'd already been doing for them. And, uh, you know, I was interested in hearing it, but I was not interested in, in spending a ton of time on it because of all the other stuff that I was doing. Yeah, I uh, but in the end, they they convinced me. They said, you know, we we could do this together, and uh, you know, there could there could be money involved. <laughs> and of course, I'm thinking, well, if I'm spending this much time on this stuff, then maybe, um, maybe it'd be worth it if you make a few dollars and give my name out there. Who knows? So that's where MNC exactly. Mornings was created. You know, they had an idea of doing a weekend show something like on a, on a morning sunday morning show and we talked about it multiple times about what we wanted to do how we wanted to do it and how it was going to look um of course they they didn't have any idea of of the whole setup they just knew they wanted to be themselves and they want to talk about topics and and they wanted to answer questions. So that that whole MNC thing is it spiraled kind of out of control at one point because what they wanted and what I wanted were I wouldn't say they're two different things, but they were thinking more simple. And I was thinking, you know, why why go simple when we can go you know, go real crazy and go, go unique because at that time there were a lot of people doing similar shows. They weren't specifically doing a morning show, but they were, you know, there are other people doing podcasts where they're answering questions and talking to people in the chat and stuff like that. But we wanted to make it like a radio show. And I'm not sure if the UK has the same type of radio shows that North America has, but we have a radio station here in uh, Halifax that. Um, you do not want your kids to listen to in the morning and they're a morning show. Like they come on at, uh, they start at six o'clock in the morning and they go until 10 and 
you don't want your kids to listen because some of the content, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths, it's it's crazy. So but is we, it actually on the air? As it's in, actually on the air, yeah. As in the radio, like yeah. a normal rate. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's not allowed here. There's there's, there's laws. No. Well, that's not. A thing I, I, I do I do <laughs> believe that there are laws here, but I think they yeah. walk the line. Oh, I yeah. don't believe that's 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 here. No, mm -hmm. as far as I know. So, um. So when we started doing MNC, you know, and if you go back and look at the first MNC and then look at the last MNC, it's almost night and day. You know, that's how much evolution went into that show. Every week I was thinking of different ideas and different things I wanted to try. And, you know, it started off very simple. And then we started adding more and more to it every week. Like one week I'd come in and I'd say, guys, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? And they'd be, okay, let's, let's try that. So we went from just talking to then having an entire animated set where it looked like a studio. And then we even had people being able to call in through Skype and uh, talk to the guys live on the show and ask questions and have them answered live on the show. Um, we had animated pop-ups for different things that would happen like Mooch had a dozen different sayings. I think I had a different pop-up for every one of his sayings. Crap had a, you know, had a series of them too, and I'd have him pop up and say different things. Just kind of added uh, a little bit to the show, so it'd make it a little exciting. And uh, that, you know, like I said, if you go back and watch the first show and, and then watch the last show, there's like two different shows. Um, but when I was doing it, I was having fun and like that's what mattered and, and probably a lot of people know wh how, what ended and you know how uh, all that ended and you know the people people's agendas took took uh, over and that's what kind of turned me off so that's kind of one of the reasons why I stopped doing it Oh, Stubbs, I think you're muted, buddy. I think Stubbs had to tend to his daughter or his son. I heard a child's voice. There you are. Sorry about that. Sorry That's about okay. that. You, you, caught. Yeah, I did. I do. I, I didn't want it to happen again. Yeah, it happened last week. It did. So <laughs> these things happen, don't they? Sorry about that. That's okay. Stuff. Yeah, happens. I did. I did. I, I, I did hear what you were saying about um, MMC mornings. He's, he was very, very high production. Uh, very high production. You had. I need to go back and watch the first one. Then, as you say, go back and watch the later one. Yeah, like I said, night and well, day. The sounds of it, a lot of these innovations, I mean, a lot of these innovations were were down to you with all the ideas. To be honest, 
Yeah, I mean, I was spending probably I was spending probably anywhere between ten and twenty hours a week just preparing for that show because there was so much involved from from the skits that we did to um, just the custom animations that I'd have to build. Um, yeah, there was there was so much involved. Like we we did we did little segments that had to be produced during the week. We did a top ten, and we sometimes did. There was another segment I can't remember the name of it, but it always involved getting together with the guys in the, on an evening, getting them to record a bunch of audio, and then yeah. we me having to go and animate it all and putting it put it together as a as a segment, and then getting that ready and loaded into the software for the next day. Sometimes I was I was getting requests from them, you know, the night before, and I would be up until like four in the morning getting stuff ready for the show that would happen at, at uh, it, I think it started at noon my time I think it was 11 oh, a.m. Eastern something like that but yeah so there was times where I was up half the night trying to get stuff done and that was it it was getting stressful mm. for the amount of stuff I was doing and that's kind of one of the reasons why I had to stop doing it as well, well that, and the, that, that and the fact that that there was no money <laughs> there was no money involved so well, the views I were getting, you should have been, you should have been getting something, you know. But well, I, I, yeah. So I, I want, I want to, yeah, I want to clarify that when I say there was oh, no oh, money, oh, you can. There was, you there can was say no, what you not, but I'm saying that I'm not saying there was no money involved. Like they had a Patreon, and I was getting, a, I was getting a section of the Patreon, but what bothered me the most is that they were making all the money from YouTube and making all the money from super chats, and exactly. I was, and I wasn't getting a part of that, and. And there was a time when I really needed it financially. I was in a really rough spot, and when when I asked, "How do I how do I get in on the super chats?" Um, Mooch told me to start my own YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, that's how you. Because be, to be fair, I mean, if it weren't for you with all the graphics it, and all the stuff you've done, it would be the, like my like this show is now just two logos talking. And not, and, not to say, and not to say that this isn't entertaining and this isn't like, like the production of this show is is not bad. I I just knew that when when everyone was doing the same thing, and because I've had a background in this stuff, the, that I could take that I could take it to another level. And with time, anyone could do that if they just spent the time and spent the money to get it done. <laughs> yeah. My show will get better when I get a different computer. Right. <laughs> my, my computer, so I'll be honest, it's not, it's not very good. It's not very quick either. You know, if I ask it to do too much, I'll probably crash mid mid show or something. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, like I said, I've I've got a beefy system that I was first trying to work with when when we were trying to set this up, and Streamyard yeah. would crash on it every time. So. Yeah, because you kept coming in for two seconds, it kept going out again. Yeah, but very strange, Jack, because never had that problem before. Um, but I don't think you have either. Tech, no, I've never saying that. Saying that, you're, saying that you'll probably go on your computer tomorrow or whatever and try, try it again or whatever, and it probably work. It will probably work exactly. <laughs> I mean, but like like I said to you earlier, luckily for you, I'm a nerd and I've got a ton of exactly. ton of equipment here. I was just able to just flip around, turn on a second computer, turn on a second mic. And boom, here we are. 
Exactly. If anyone else, that would have been it. The show wouldn't have happened. Or I'd have to go live myself saying, just ask me questions. Not too stupid. To... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So that's obviously how it, you led into getting the channel. But what That's made right. you want to do do your own podcast? Because your own podcast is just like you and your mates just chatting about whatever. Well, and, and then and it all it's all it all comes full circle. But the reason yeah. why I decided to do a podcast, well, it was a couple of reasons. One, um, Supersonic Station, Danny Boy, yeah. he uh, he, I knew that he liked retro as much as I did. You know, yeah. there was no, um, it's no secret that I was big into into retro stuff. And I knew he liked it. And he said to me one day, why don't, why don't we get together and do a retro show? And that was kind of like right around the time that I was, I I'd finished doing MNC stuff and I wasn't ready for it. I was like, I don't know if I want to get back into podcasting because of the bad taste that MNC left in my mouth. But oh, I, don't mean, I understand that. Yeah. But then he explained that, you know, this is going to be not like that. This is going to be, Couple guys hanging out, playing and or talking about retro games, and, and and there's no pressure. And when he said that to me, it it was like yes, that's exactly what I need in my life. I need a I need to do what I'm doing because I I've been preparing myself for YouTube for a very long time. I need to get back into it. I don't want to be afraid of it, but I don't want to fall into that trap that everyone everyone else has fallen into. I don't want to fall into that trap that I need to talk about the popular topics to get people in, you know, in the show to give me views and give me clicks. That was never, that's not important to me today. And it never was important to me. Like I said, I never made a cent from YouTube before. And my intentions are not, I probably will never make a cent from YouTube because I don't want to, follow that path. I don't want to cater to those uh, requirements to do it. Because, I mean, if you look at the shows today that, that are getting the views and probably making decent money, they're all about uh, news topics and console war. Yeah, and, they are. And, terra, and teraflops. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, and, oh, well, what, what's, what's, the shape, what's the shape of your piece of plastic? And I don't understand a lot of this tech jargon. Yeah. I don't understand a lot of it. Yeah. I don't really. I just, I, I, I never wanted to get back into that kind of thing because I did no. it for so long with MNC and I saw what MNC did. You know, like in the beginning, it was all about having fun and then you slowly could see throughout the, the course of that show um it was turning into something else you know the, the the machine was turning into a revenue stream and everything we did was to bring in people and to make money and that just turned me off so i had to i, exactly. I just didn't i didn't want to do that anymore so what what retro renegades represents is freedom of all that it's having yeah. fun if people make donations great i mean everyone likes money but, no, exactly. I mean, you can just but, put it back into playing, making games or exactly. stuff like, your computer. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't think there's. I've made one cent from um, anything uh, video related that hasn't gone back into my uh, gaming hobby. Everything has. 
That's the way it is. You mean, I mean, this is one thing I don't understand. All the big there's the big shows, and then you've got all these little shows like Retro Renegades, TXR, New uh, New, you know, all, all these little shows that are great. I know these people ain't bothered about watching these great little shows where guys are having laughs and little chats, and you know, they're talking about gaming, but they're not getting into the fanboy wars. They'd rather go and watch a big podcast and argue in the chat. I don't get it. I don't get it because got no. Some people, I swear, spend more time arguing about games and actually playing games. It's true. And if apparently a lot of people have actually put the gamer tags out there, and people have gone look at them, they haven't played half the half the games they're arguing for. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, there was a time. I have to admit that there was a time when I was getting a little bit resentful at the fact that we weren't getting the views, and what that meant to me was that. People just didn't care about regular content. They only cared about the the fanboy stuff. They do, right? yeah. They and that bothered. and that that bothered me. And so I I think my resentment might have come out in a couple of comments that I made on Twitter. And someone from a big show, I'm not going to mention names or at the show, came came to me and DM me, and basically thought I was bad melting his show, which I wasn't. I was being very general, but yeah, they were. thought I was bad mouthing their show because of they did that and basically told me that if I wanted the shows that I have to produce quality content. And I, I, I didn't know what to think of that right away. And then after, after speaking to the guy or at least talking to him through Twitter, yeah, it made me realize that, um, I, I don't think that I don't produce quality content. I think it all depends on your audience, what they want to see. Like, if you look at Retro Renegades, we've got animated backgrounds. Sometimes, like on when I'm hosting, I have I have an arcade room that's got moving arcade games in the background, and or it's a game room with, with consoles all around it. All that stuff is video editing that I do that's backgrounds, that's graphics that's that's animation that's all the stuff that i produce for the background and you play games and live I, and i play well. games live exactly like most of these guys no one else there, does that they've they've got they've got the you know pre-made game clips that they're that they're doing i mean and that's there's nothing like nothing wrong with that but if if what i'm producing is people don't consider quality then I don't. It's high quality. You got the whole layout. I, th I think you got the all the animations over the screen. You got the chat. You got the. You're actually playing the game live. It's really good. Yeah. But and, I, I would say that's top quality. I would, but yeah, you know, that's my opinion. But and, and I also look at it this way: I've already produced the probably the best show on YouTube with MNC Mornings. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I've already done it. You guys can all still try to catch up to what MNC was because exactly. that I still haven't seen a show yet that has. That, no. that, that and, and you know, MNC was basically my brainchild. I mean, yes, Mooch and Crap had input, but I was I was the creative director, I was the producer. I've already done all that. I, I'm done with I'm I'm done with catering to those types of uh, shows. I'm going to do what I think is fun. 
And I think that's what people have lost in this whole YouTube world is what's fun. Fun isn't exactly. fun. I guess what fun is to them is making money. So sure, if that's what fun is to you, I guess mm. everyone likes everyone likes I to mean, make money. But but it depends on what 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 at what cost. At what cost exactly. is it that you're making money? Exactly. You're selling your you're selling your soul. <laughs> well, it's true because it's like I would rather hear a little well, I'll, I'll, I'll say retro renegade. Retro Renegade podcast where people talk the truth and you know they don't talk. I mean, you do you do talk about some of the topics, you know, the way sometimes, the game. Oh, I, I, but that's just but, that's just talk. You yeah, but you touch on it, but you don't go into a whole half an hour discussion about it and have everyone on going. What do you think? What do you think? No, usually it, if, it, there's it, a, it if there's a half if there's a half hour discussion, it's because we're all telling Super that he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's normally like game pass, game pass, game pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but it's fun. It's just fun like that. I mean, if you haven't seen re this week's Retro Renegade, you've got to, people. You've got to. It is funny. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, so some, if some people in the chat haven't watched Retro Renegades at all, you need to. Um, so there, there's, you know, there's, there's six of us, sometimes seven, depends on who shows up. We keep it very open. We don't we don't uh, crack the whip and make sure everyone shows up every week. That's why we have so many people on the show. If one person can't come, someone else will come, and that's how you do it. Um, but people started okay. People, some people don't know Supersonic Station. The, he has a he hates Game Pass for one thing. Absolutely hates it. And Phil Spencer shit in his cornflakes at some point in his life, and <laughs> and, he, and he's got this bug up his ass about Phil Spencer because. Phil Spencer and Xbox have let him down. Yeah, okay. he bought an X for VR. That's right. He bought it for VR, and, and Phil Spencer didn't give him VR, so now he's quite cranky about it. And he lets everyone know on Twitter at least once a day. Yeah. Super, if you're listening to this, you know I love you, buddy, and, and that'll never that'll never change. And and if you ever change, I'll be upset because you got to stay who you are, and and don't let anyone change you. That's the one people up, don't I? Exactly. <laughs> So people started donating money and the the stipulation to the money that they were donating him was that he had to say certain things. And um, he was actually drinking. So he's not much of a drinker, apparently. He he partakes in, in other forms of uh, substance abuse and not usually alcohol. And in this case, he was uh, chugging beer. And I think he said that he had chugged six beer that night and he hadn't drank any alcohol except for a margarita probably six months before that he was quite uh inebriated and he was saying the craziest things he was Any, yeah <laughs> Any, anyone would say you know here's here's but i mean the donations he kept getting 25 dollars. say this 20 dollars. say this five dollars say that i think the guy might have made a hundred dollars that night or a little more well, but, I'm watching paint dry. oh yeah much more <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was saying some crazy stuff, everything from, he wanted to do some nasty things to Phil Spencer, I think. And yeah, there was some crazy stuff that he said, but regardless of all that, it was all fun. And that's what it was all about. We all had a blast. We're all laughing our asses off. I think we all had sore stomachs by the end of it. And, um, yeah, that's just the way we roll. We, we don't have an agenda. We don't have like, we don't have a, 
uh, a set um, set of uh, topics that we want to talk about. We just talk about whatever we want. We we kind of emulate. This is kind of how Super and I put it back in the day. We want to make it seem like we're a bunch of teenagers at the arcade. You know, when you go to the arcade, stand around the the machine with your quarters waiting to play, and you're just shooting the shit. And what do kids talk about when they're 15 or 16? Talk about girls, sex, um, booze, drugs, whatever you want to talk about. And that's what we talk about. Exactly. That's why I enjoy the retro so much. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the little shows do because it's it's not all about. Because I'll be honest, a lot of the big shows you can guarantee what they're all going to talk about. Exactly. You know? exactly. I mean, that's um, the thing that, and that's another thing that kind of bothers me about all the shows that are on these days. Like, you can go and watch six different shows, but they all have the same topics. All because that's the news of the week. I can I personally can only watch maybe one of those shows and it's first come first serve so if the news comes out on Sunday and your show's on Sunday or Monday I'm going to watch you but I'm not going to watch anything else for the rest of the week because I've already heard all the news just regurgitated gaming news to me is only good once you know, why do I have to hear that? I understand that people have different opinions, but it just it's it's like watching the six o'clock news, but you're watching the same six o'clock news Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Exactly. I can't do exactly. it. Absolutely can't do it. And I understand everyone's got a podcast and everyone's got a time slot because they don't wanna uh they don't want to interfere with someone else's podcast. That's fine. Um I will never change my time slot. I'm Tuesday night at um, 7 p.m. Eastern. That will never change. I don't care if the uh, the president of the United States decides that he has to. He's going to be giving out a hundred dollars to everybody that tunes into his podcast at that same time. <laughs> I don't care. My show is not changing. Uh, exactly. We, exactly. we, we were there first. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Welcome, Saltiest Gaming. Hey, Thanks Salty. Stopping by. On, buddy? But no, yep. That's a pretty good answer to, the, to how you got into pod, podcasting and wanted to start. Do you have any goals for your channel? Goals. Or not? Goals. You... I, try, I try not to have goals because no. then I'm just going to disappoint myself. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, know if you like, I honestly, I when when I say this, I want this to come out the right way. I want us to get an audience. I don't, I don't care if we have hundreds or thousands or millions of people. I just want to reach the people that are looking for the alternative content. I want them to find me. And if that means there's only 10 people a week, then that's 10 quality people. That's all I care about. I want the people that, that respect what we do and, and understand what we do to come and watch us. And if, if we have anything for them on our show that provides them with some information or whatever, maybe they see us playing a cool indie game or a 360 game or a game from an old console, 
And if that gets them to want get interested in playing retro games, then that's great. You know, yeah. that's, I think that's it. Like, I, I didn't want that to come off as, uh, you know, I want hundreds of thousands of people watching my show. It'd be no, great. Right, right. It, it would be great as long as they all had the same interest as me. But I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not going to cater to a group of people just because I know what I. I know what's popular and I know what grabs popular. What what people will um, gravitate to. I'm not going to do that. I'm oh, too no. old. I'm too old for that. Like I said, I'm 47 years old. I'm, I don't have time to to do all that. There are enough shows out there for that. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. But no, the retro, because it was, it was, I know, because uh, obviously I found you through Daz, I found the retro Renegades for UK Dazzlerus. I never used to know what it was, so I tried, I checked it out, and I've been listening ever since. I, don't, I can't listen live, obviously, most of the time, because I'm, I'm in England. It's, it's the early oh, I understand. Yeah, it. I mean, it's, 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 it's that's why it was hard for Daz but, to stay on the show, because at the time. But I normally listen after. I always tweet it out once I've listened to it. And what's with this part two business you've started doing? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's so weird because what's happening is that if we have technical issues, which I've had yeah. in the past and Super's had in the past, because yeah. YouTube, or I don't know if it's YouTube or OBS, one of them likes to shit the bed yeah. and then it kicks us out and we have to jump back oh, in. Yeah, so we, part it's, two. yeah, it's never intentional. Usually it's at a necessity. We never try to do that oh, to anybody. See. But yeah, that's that's the problem. Technology, oh. you, know, you, you can't rely on it at all. I mean, just ask Wilmy Hood. Wilmy Hood every week he sets up his his podcast to launch on one channel, and as soon as the show launches, it kicks him out and puts him on a different channel. Oh, every time. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just. Oh. It's, we're not. We're they don't give priority, I guess, to the little guys. They only give priority to the big don't, guys. Don't know. I don't know if they do because. I'm hearing some big channels. I'm also having problems with the, the going live bit. As in, you know, they say the notif- notifications ain't letting people know. Yeah. I think some of the big shows don't get it either. I think you have to be really big in the, the top echelon, you know, in the millions for the for the YouTube. Oh, maybe. Sort of, maybe. You know what I mean? Like the boogies and the uh, yeah, the, and those guys. The, big, the real big ones. Right. I mean, they, they had a problem. It'd be fixed within five minutes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you know, what I mean? they've, probably, they've got a, probably got a direct line to YouTube. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> do you know what I mean? But do you have any? I don't really know if to ask you this. Uh, do you have any content creation struggles to do with your channel? Struggle. I think it, my biggest struggle because the way that we set up uh, Retro Renegades is one week it's on my channel, one week it's on Super Channel. We See, that there. Sometimes I was like. I don't think they've done retro renegades, but now I've learned that you alternate it. Well, yeah, we alternate like, and that, yeah. that that all came from my experience with MNC. So yeah. when I was doing MNC, one week it was on Crap's channel and one week it was on Mooch's channel. Um I even tried to get them to put one week on my channel, but of course they wouldn't do that because they didn't want to see how much money they were making. Oh, they they would have done, yeah. Yeah, they didn't want to share that with me. Exactly. Uh, so I decided that if I was going to get into this again after that bullshit that I went through with MNC, that um, I had to share it. I wasn't going to keep it all on one sh- on one spot. So Super and I decided exactly. we would do one. Fair, one it's fair enough. Yeah, one week on his, one week on mine. I've even 
given opportunity to um, Stinking Corpse and Jago and Daz and Crispy, whoever wants, even Jeepers, whoever wants to host the show, I'm giving them 100% freedom to do that. Um, I just don't think nobody, I don't think anyone else wants to go through the trouble. <laughs> they just want to show up and chat. So, which is which is fine. If you don't want to go through all the steps that we go through every week to get the show running, I can totally understand why. Because, it, you know, it's not always perfect and it doesn't always work the first time. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really. No. Welcome, War Stew. Cheers for coming by. But no, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't use anything advanced. That's why I use StreamYard. But I've looked at OBS, and it, it's probably OBS is probably very easy when you know what you're doing. If you well, don't, honestly, you know. when I started using, when I started doing MNC, we weren't using OBS. We were using XSplit. And the reason why we started using XSplit is because I found it easier to to learn. Okay. But but I also learned that there were lots of limitations with XSplit, especially when we wanted to start to kind of put the show onto the next level. I knew that I was going to have to do everything from my computer, but host it on uh, Mooch and Crap Stream Keys. Use their Stream Keys. So every every Sunday morning, they would send me their Stream Key. I'd load it into the program. And we'd run it that way. That way I would be in full control over things that would pop up on the screen and uh, different sound effects and stuff like that. Um, you couldn't do that with XSplit at the time. Maybe they've changed it because back then on XSplit, okay. they, 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 they didn't allow you to put in a stream key. So, And that was one of the stipulations for taking that show to that level was as long as it was going to be broadcast on Mooch or Crap's channel, yeah, they were they were same. okay with it, but okay. you know, and, and when I of course when I asked to have it on my channel, I was basically given a flat out no. And actually, I was given yeah. some excuses. The excuse was, "Oh, it would kill the channel." That's what I was told. It would kill the channel. I don't think it would. No. You're trying to uh, blow it up. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, and I th and of course, and like I was also looking at the at the views that we were getting in the super chats, and so I was thinking. This would be great if I could get in on some of this money. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, back then I was having some issues with, uh, I had to replace like a bunch of appliances at one time and that did a real number on my bank account. Uh, we had to put everything on credit and stuff like that. Um, and that was kind of when, I mean, before that even happened, I wasn't really concerned. But when that happened, I kind of wanted to, you know, see if I could get in on some of the money and like, People know the history of it all, and it didn't oh, happen. Yeah. So. I, 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 I listened to that fateful podcast where you told people. Yeah, I made, I made sure I listened to every minute of that podcast. I did. And, and <laughs> you know, we want to hear something crazy. Like even to this day, to even to this day, it still bothers me. And not as much about crap as it does about Mooch. Like Mooch promised that when I started producing his content with his growing up gamings and his Mooch's minutes that we would share everything 50-50. We would share everything. And I've not I've not seen a cent from that guy. Not a red cent. No. And and not even an apology, which bothered me the most, because I think he and I became closer friends than crap at all. Like, you know, we, we all talked, but I was much yeah. closer. I was much closer of a friend to Mooch. And for him 
to do what he did, it kind of made me realize that you really can't trust anybody out there. Everybody are out there, everyone out there are opportunists. Not Sorry, not everybody. Some people out there are opportunists, and you just have to remember to not let your guard down. And I think I must have just left my guard down a little too much. And let yeah, but it's because you, it's because you're such a nice and genuine guy, Jake. Don't blame yourself, you know. No. No. But but you, you know. can be you can be nice and and cautious at the same time, and I just wasn't being exactly. Cautious. Okay. But that's all right. Welcome, Z Black Rider. Sorry, but welcome, yeah. Z Black Rider. Thanks for coming, stopping by, as always. What's happening, Z? Well, no, yeah, that's. Right, I know I've got another question for you. In your opinion, what's the best advice you could give to someone starting a YouTube channel today or um, whenever? Um, so starting a YouTube channel, it all depends on if you're starting it on your own or if you're starting it with people. Have you know, lay, lay the groundwork down and make sure everyone is aware of what's going to happen because um if you if you if you look at my history promises don't always become reality so make sure things are in writing and even if they're in writing i guess unless you want to get lawyers involved nothing will ever come out if someone tries to screw you but just have your expectations on the table make sure you know what you're going to get into and make sure you're doing something that's fun make sure you like fun is the number one thing that people should be understanding that they should People shouldn't get into YouTube if they think they want to make a bunch of money because I don't think it's ever going to happen. A lot of kids think that. They think they can make a channel, play Fortnite, boom, I'm a millionaire. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But that's probably yeah, one that's in a probably, million, probably. It's like 1%. 1% of people exactly. that happens to. And I'm not saying that people that, that do YouTube now aren't making some money and maybe that's all they want and maybe they're satisfied with that. But don't go into it with that in, in mind because I think you'll be disappointed. And and, and and try not to try not to associate with yourself with with uh, people that are opportunists because there are a lot out there. Some people, you know, they disguise themselves as one thing, but the longer you stick with them, the longer you get to know them, you, you see exactly what they are. Um, it's it's that old saying, um, Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Um, Wilmy exactly. will know what I'm. Wilmy yeah. will know what I'm talking about there. But yeah, just be, be very cautious about what you're getting into. Make sure you're getting into it for the right reasons, because if you're going into it with financial gain in mind, you're probably going to be disappointed. Definitely, yeah, you are. You know, because it's just because. Excuse me. A lot of people mean. Oh, my channel's not big or anything, but a lot of I, I do speak to a lot, a lot of other creators, and the one thing a lot of people don't mention is the fact that although you can be the best creator in the world, know everything, there was actually a bit of luck involved in it as well. Oh, it yeah, doesn't just yeah, you know I mean, that is one of the biggest keys, and people a lot of people never ever say it, even if they're big, they won't a lot of them won't say it, you know, but a lot of it is luck as well. well and and another thing that Another thing that I want to add is if you if you need to change your personality or change 
Okay, let's let's use the real term. If you need to flip flop in order to get views, then you have to think about your integrity. In my eyes, integrity is way more important than than views and clicks. Um, but some people don't care. I mean, if they're out there just for the popularity and for the notoriety, then maybe that's all they want, and they don't care about who they screw over and and who they let down. Maybe that's not important to them. But you know, there's got to be some morals involved in all this stuff too. You know, you can't just you can't just jump on different wagons because you know that the the people will will show up there. I mean, and I guess it's kind of like a business in a way. You know, how in some businesses, they will change their focus to get customers in. But that's that's the bread and butter. That's why they do it. You know, that's that's for different. In my eyes, YouTube shouldn't be a business, unless you're guys that are making millions of dollars. At that point, then then it's a lot. Then it's different. Then it is a business. But for people that just want to talk about their interests and stuff like that. Try not to go into it like a business because you're going to end up looking fake because you keep changing your mind and keep jumping ship and just keep going where the views are. That's to me, I don't have a lot of respect for people like that. Well, so I thought you mean you can see it over time with certain if you watch certain channels, it does happen when they think, Oh, well, I can make I can make a lot of money out of this. A lot of super chats are the biggest thing. I know. these podcasts that's where they make the biggest amount of money for you super chat so don't, don't because you make money on youtube i understand that a lot of big youtubers I'm not gonna say who but i i know some and I, they watch time average video is something like two hundred twenty thousand minutes for per video mm-hmm. i'm talking about quite media smallish channels with like 80 90 100k subs you know right so it's obviously the super chats where these big podcasts make their money, you know, because I don't think they could get anywhere near that in watch time minutes. It's all, a lot of channels it's all about super chats and the memberships. Mm-hmm. I can't blame them. I mean, if people want to do super chats, they, they can, you know. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'd say that's, but there is shows that won't give you, won't give anyone a shout out unless they say, unless they give, give yeah. shout outs. I'm not, that, that drives me crazy. I'm not, I'm not targeting anyone, by the way, at all. Yeah, no. I've just yeah, that it, drives even me the, crazy. In the big ones. I'll, I'll notice that too, that um, I'll, be in a, I'll be on a show or I'll be watching a show and I'll see all the Super Chats in. And those people, of course, I mean, they deserve to get their questions answered, but they shouldn't be the only people that get their questions answered. I'll ask a question and, I'll, of course, I'll get ignored because I didn't. there's no $5 or $20 next to my name. That drives me nuts. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. no I, I was just, in general, it wasn't targeting anyone. It's in no. general. There is some that do that, you know. But I stopped targeting. Welcome, Invader Gaming. Yep, that's definitely you, Invader. Oh, um, Invader, he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got super chats. You're not monetized. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so yes. funny. I, I, used to, I used to always go on to... Uh, go to shows and I used to put in the chat, what's a super chat? Because I want to realize, I wanted people to know that I, I've never seen a super chat in my life. Never even know. I don't even know what it feels like to get a super chat. <laughs> but I, I, but, but I think I, but I think I produce quality content 
And if people think that in order, in order to get a super chat, you have to produce quality content. Well, well, I'm the I'm the living proof that that turn that 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 uh, that is not a true statement, because I produce quality content, and I don't get paid on YouTube. I don't, you know, people don't show up. It doesn't matter. I, I I've learned to live with it. Dan, I do not tag you in any post on Twitter. Even if you're on the show, I don't tag you because you moan about it, actually. So you're wrong. <laughs> I tag you. Not you. No. Because <laughs> I've had it, I've been moaned at before, so I don't bother doing it. <laughs> no, you do. You produce quality content. You do. Well, I, I, what I like to say to people, because some people will, will counter... If I ever say, you know, I don't make any money on YouTube, well, people, some people will counter me and say, well, well, you make all that money off doing gamer picks and stuff. I said, yeah, but I make money for doing, not talking. Exactly. You know, I'm a doer. I, I actually create stuff and I give them and I, I, I produce art for people. That's, that's how I make my money. I don't, I don't make money by sitting on a podcast for two hours and talking because to me, any anyone can talk. Exactly. Anyone can talk. Not anyone can do what I do. And I'm not. And I'm not, sorry. I don't mean to bring that up. I'm not trying to say that like like I'm better than people. I'm not. I, I just happen to have a creative bone in my body. And I realized at one point that if I wanted to basically support my gaming habit, I'm going to have to do something about that. And that's why I get into doing gamer picks and stuff to support my gaming habit, which. It's it's a very very bad habit. If you looked at my game library, I buy games oh, weekly. I buy games oh. weekly. It's bad. Luckily for my wife, she doesn't see all the all the money coming out because it goes comes out of PayPal most of the time. <laughs> That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, I think she would be shocked if she saw how much money I was spending on games. All she knows is that you know every so often when when the the car needs new brakes. Jay's got some, a couple hundred dollars in his PayPal account to pay for that. So oh, that's good. Thing. So, you know, like that's a lot. And a lot. Of, uh, I also want to let people know that that the majority of money that I'm making off of gamer picks and stuff like that doesn't only go doesn't go into just my habit. It goes into household things. Like Jesus, car, I just had to get my brakes fixed in my car. Uh, my wife tells yeah. me, oh my, my wife had to build an office in her. Uh, in the spare room because she's working from home. We had to buy her a desk. We had to buy her um, some things, some office supplies. That was hundreds of dollars. And we didn't have that in our bank account. So I, I took it out of my main PayPal. And luckily I did a couple of gamer picks. Or I did multiple gamer picks and stuff in the last little while and some animations for people. And I was able to afford that. Yeah, that's good. There. Well, shouldn't the, your 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 wife's employer have paid for that stuff, or is that not? No, no, it's not included at all. No. Uh -huh. I mean, they they provided her with a laptop, but they did not provide no, that her. That was with, it. With yeah, and and she was in her first couple of weeks, uh, being isolated. She was working at the kitchen table. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that was... So, and she got tired of that, and her back was getting sore and stuff. So she yeah. said. I'm going to buy a desk and put it in the spare room. I'm going to set up a little office in there. And so we, 
went to uh, Wayfair, I think is the name of the site, and ordered her a desk. Yeah, it sells furniture and stuff like that. So she ordered that. It was like $200. So now she's got a little office in there. It's great. Oh, that's all right. Nice. So I'm going to ask you a question now. As a bit of an exclusive, as we we talked about it earlier. Do you want to talk about your unique, unique ability? About how you game? One-handed so, gaming. One-handed gaming. Yeah. Okay. So this this was actually something that I thought was going to get a little more traction when I was doing YouTube. I thought, you know, we, I was always about doing something unique on YouTube. That's why I did MNC and that's yeah. why I'm doing Retro Renegades. I want to do something a little different than everyone else. And I thought, you know, I've got this unique talent where I can play games with one hand. Maybe people want to come watch watch me play games. I mean, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but the fact that even two people show up, like I said, that's cool. It's all good. But I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background about actually why I play with one hand. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of this is going to be like a kind of a um, a long story, but I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, so when I was fourteen. This is back in 1987. I was 14 years old, and maybe it was maybe it was 90, maybe it was 86. I don't remember. 86, 87. Um, I got really sick, and my parents didn't know what was going on. I was having headaches, and I was throwing up, and we didn't know what what was going on. So my parents took me to a hospital, and they thought I had a really bad flu. So they and so they admitted me and gave me some IV to kind of keep the fluids in me and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I was in the hospital for probably four days, and I wasn't getting any better. I was still having crazy migraine headaches, and I wasn't keeping any food down. So they decided to send me to a specialist to see what uh, you know if there was something else that could be diagnosed, basically. So they took me, sent me to this specialist. And the specialist, after examining me for less than 15 minutes, he noticed that I was a little bit weaker on my left side than I was on my right. Okay? Okay. Just he found I was a little bit weaker. And those are symptoms of stroke. And he didn't. Yeah. So those are symptoms of stroke. So before anything, before he could basically do any kind of uh, prescription or whatever, he sent me to the city because I, I live in a small town in, in uh, Nova Scotia. He sent me to the city, to the big hospital, to have a CAT scan. So um, he wanted to make sure that everything was fine. He said he doesn't, he doesn't know if there's anything wrong, but just as a precaution, I'm going to send you to the city to get a CAT scan, and we're going to figure all this out. So... It was on a Friday, I remember. Now, I, and, and I'm going to give you like bits and pieces of a story, but the story is broken up in my brain because um, there I have lots of time lapses that, that happen that I don't oh. remember. I don't remember things, but I'll I'll, okay. I'll I'll try to fill them in as best I can from what I remember and what people have told me. So that was on a Friday. We drove to the city, and okay. the city was about four and a half hours away, and uh, went to the city. And uh, 
I got uh, admitted to the hospital. They were going to, they did a CAT scan on me that day. So that was a Friday. Um, I think it was probably like one in the afternoon or something like that. And then after the CAT scan, they told my parents that they thought I had a tumor on my brain. Okay. So they're telling this to my parents. And I guess that, you know, this was, this was 1987. And I, I'm, I'm just assuming my parents were probably shitting themselves. I can only imagine what they went through. So oh, there would have been definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, their, their 14 year old son's got a tumor on their, on his brain. And I mean, usually I think when people hear tumor on the brain, they think, oh, they, you know, they think cancer and they think the you know, there's no coming out of this. They do, you know. So. I can't imagine what they've been feeling. Like. Well, I, I don't either. I mean, because I'm a father now, right? And I have two daughters that are 16. And I have twin daughters. And if I heard anything like that, that was happening to my kids, I think I would, I'd be a basket case. I really would be. See, I remember when my son to um, hospital. In HS, he got a condition called HSP, mm-hmm. and it basically like blood vessels they leak. And this was on dark nose. And we went to hospital, and they told us to go hospital. And I was near on crying because I thought something was serious wrong with him. Uh-huh. So we went to hospital, and it was, his, leg, his legs were bruising. And while we were there, I said to the doc, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to think we were hitting him on right. We, we weren't. And the bruising was actually getting worse on his legs. It blew up, he couldn't walk to start with. Wow. And we actually got him a wheelchair. We didn't need the wheelchair in the end. Mm-hmm. And I was crying. I said, he said, he's not, I said, he's not going to die, is he? He's like, no, no, no. It's fine. It's a new condition. But it's, he's got HSP now. It comes and goes. But he, he hasn't flared up as much since he first had it. But there's it's it's no cure for it. It just comes and goes. Right. It, it grow out of it, you know. But so, Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I'm just, just telling you that little story there. Yeah, carry on. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so they, they did the CAT scan. They thought I had a tumor. They said, we're going to admit you into the hospital and they booked me for a surgery on Monday. So this is a, this is a Friday surgeries on Monday. So I I'm admitted into the hospital. My, my parents are staying with me for as long as they can. I think they, they ended up going to a hotel that evening. Um, overnight, um, Overnight, these these are the, the the accounts of the nurses that told me what happened. Overnight, I apparently fell out of my bed and was lying on the floor, unconscious, not breathing. Wow! Because they, they heard they heard a plunk. Apparently, the nurses okay. ran in. The I, apparently I wasn't breathing. They had to revive me, and when they revived me. They got me back in the bed and they called my parents. Next thing you know, this is what my parents tell me that they're showing up at the hospital and I'm on a stretcher with my head shaved being taken down to emergency surgery. Wow. Goodness. I can't imagine what's going through their mind. No, I don't either. I couldn't imagine either. So, I guess multiple hours later, um, after the surgery, yeah, and they spoke to my parents. They told my parents that 
what had happened was I had an AVM on my brain, which is an uh, ulterior vascular malformation. And that basically means a bunch of blood vessels kind of all um, botched in one spot were, wow. were, were on one, one, one spot in my brain and they decided to rupture. So they bled. Nice. And it, it caused me to have a brain aneurysm, basically. And okay. um, I mean, the, the good news was that it wasn't a tumor because if it was a tumor, it could have been cancer. Well, yeah, exactly. But still bad what, either way. Yeah. So, so what this what what this basically did was um, the blood vessels ruptured, they bled, and it caused um, paralysis on my left side. Oh, okay. So when I first came out of um, ICU, which is intensive care, yeah. um, I couldn't move my whole left side. I couldn't move my arm. I couldn't move my leg. I couldn't do anything. I had to be retaught how to do all that again. Um, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how yeah. to use my left hand again. Um, I was in a wheelchair for probably six months to almost a year and you should see me in a wheelchair man i can zoom in a wheelchair and i know a lot of people are thinking how do you use a wheelchair with one hand you use it with one hand and you use your foot to steer that's how you do it oh wow yeah. okay yeah and i could i could i could blast through those halls with in a wheelchair believe me um i bet you got beefy arms yeah well, well they come want to hear something funny um i have friends today that call it power arm because I can beat anyone oh. in an arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, where was I going with this? So, yeah. So, the surgery was done. It wasn't a tumor. It's not the tumor. It wasn't a tumor. Um, it was an AVM. I was partially para paralyzed. Um, I, I had to go through rehab for, for more than a year to learn how to walk. Luckily, it happened on the right side of my brain and not the left side, because when it happens on the left side, it also affects your speech. So I never had any problems there. Oh, did it? So it was okay. particularly on my right side of my brain. Um, I had to ha I had to have surgery on my head, of course. I had to have a metal plate put in my head. So I actually, to this day, I have a metal plate um, yeah. oh, because they had to basically take the skull out and all this baloney. Sure. Um, Do you have to have a letter with you? Say when you to, when you go on through like airport security and that, do you have to have a letter? I, I, I used to have to have a letter. Yes, I did. Um yeah. but but it doesn't go off anymore. So I think they've uh, they've improved the way the security thing and I've set off alarms before. They probably have. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, the oh, okay. They don't uh, today um the only thing that sets off the alarm is I wear a brace on my left leg to, uh to help with my drop foot. So I wear okay. a brace, and that has some metal buckles on it. So sometimes oh. that'll set them off. But other than that, oh, uh, that's the only thing that does. Um, so this kind of brings me up to the point where where I get into one-handed gaming. So I'm in the hospital for for probably up to six months because of all this stuff. And when I got to the point where I could, I, I'm I'm six mobile. Months. I'm mobile. I can get in a wheelchair myself and wheel myself around. 
um, just being in that hospital a bit was kind of boring. And it was uh, getting around Christmas time, and my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I knew the Xbox, or sorry, Xbox. I knew that the Sega Master System was out, and I asked her for a Sega Master System. And I was in the hospital when I got this. So she brought it to the hospital, and they, they got a television from wherever they borrow televisions from the hospital, and they brought it into the room, and... I got between myself and my dad. I guess we got the we got it all set up, and he she brought me the controller. And of course, because I can't hold the controller with my left hand and my right hand, I laid my hand on top of it, and I realized, well, I can control the D-pad with one finger, and then hit the other buttons with my other fingers. So the first game that I played was Hang On. And it was on the Sega Master System. It was oh, a race, nice. it was the, the motorcycle game. And it probably took me less than a week, but then I perfected that. I was able to play that game till I rolled it over. Now, if anyone knows that game, you can roll that game over till the score goes back to zero. So I learned how to play that game. And the, yeah, other, game okay. that came, the other game that came with the system was Safari Hunt, which was a one-handed game with a light gun. So I was able to play that game. But it was playing Hang On that that taught me to be able to play games with one hand. And then I went from that system to the next system, which was the Sega Genesis. And the controllers were similar, a little different. I mean, the Sega Genesis controller was much beefier, similar uh, layout, you know, D-pad on the yeah. left, buttons on the right. All I had to do was stretch okay. my fingers a little wider and I was able to play it. Okay. And then from there, that, that kind of... Um, took me on my gaming path of what consoles I like to play. Um, so I went from the Sega consoles, and I went up to the Dreamcast, and then I get into PC gaming. I was kind of into PC gaming anyway, because I was in college at that time uh, when I got into the Dreamcast and stuff. But um, that's kind of what made me evolve into Xbox, because I found the Xbox controller was much easier to play with one hand than, say, the PlayStation controller because of the... The position of the thumbsticks. Because, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, because the though though they're they're staggered. I find that when thumbsticks are symmetrical next to each other, it's hard for me. I'd have to use one finger on the left one, one finger on the right one, then my other two fingers have to you hit the buttons. And because of their sole because the two thumbsticks are low, it's harder for me to stretch my fingers up to play. It's kind of why I never got into PlayStation that much. Even oh, to this day. Very- yeah, even to this day, I don't, I don't play PlayStation at all. I mean, once in a while, if someone has a PlayStation, I'll try it. But I realize really fast that I hate those controllers and I can't play them very well. So I just never got into PlayStation, and that's kind of why I kind of stuck with Xbox, and that's kind of why I'm an Xbox guy to this day. To this day, yeah. Well, that's a fair, fair point. I mean, I'm still amazed the way you can actually do it, and you don't, you don't like by the sounds of it, you've had a really hard time you have over the years since 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 you first got diagnosed with it you, mm-hmm. you know well, you, yeah, don't, you, don't, you don't you don't moan about it either you get on with it and just play games with one hand yeah, i mean what's the point i mean this is me now i mean i you know this, exactly this, this has been you my know. situation for 30 30 years um yeah i kind of look at it like don't don't dwell on what you can't do and focus on what you can do so uh, yeah, I, I never really 
this is just me. You know, the, I, I've learned to deal with this and I've learned to get around and, and do everything that I needed to. I mean, I, I went, I, I graduated high school. I went to college. I became a graphic designer. I started working all with, even to this day, um, you know, I don't have the same paralysis that I had then. Back then it was that back then it was a hundred percent. Now it's more like 80%. Okay. So uh, I can walk, but I walk with a brace and, um, my left hand, I can do everything with my arm, but my, my fingers, I don't have a lot of dexterity with my fingers on my left hand. I can open and close them and pick things up, but I have no motor, real fine motor control with it. Oh, I see. So okay. that's why to this day, I still play games with one hand. And as you've seen, if you've ever, ever watched me play Mortal Kombat, I can, I'm pretty good with Mortal Kombat with one hand. You are. Yeah. I've watched. I have. It's definitely impressive. You're a lot better than most gamers ever will be with two hands. You know. Well, I, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I don't. I don't like to play competitive first-person shooters, but the fact that I I do struggle with being able to turn and shoot because of the way that I play first-person shooters, I I need oh, to be yeah. I need to take my hand off of the D-pad or off of the left thumbstick and put it on the right thumbstick and hold it to hit the trigger. So. Competitive shooters are not good for me because I can't run and shoot. No, you probably it's hard right. for me to, most games. It's hard. Yeah, most games. Are, I'm, I think most games you'll be all right with. Yeah, I get. I get by. How's that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very interesting story. That is a very. I've always wondered about it, but you've never, you've never really spoke on it before, have you? It's never really um, come up. You know, I, I, I might have, I might have spoken about it on like on one of my own live streams but i've yeah. never i've never really been asked about it and but and not that i've ever been shy and not that i've ever not wanted to talk about it i just thought you know this is just part of who i am now so if people want to know i i'm open to talk about it but you know it's it's it doesn't really define me so no exactly which is, which is a good a good mentality to have it is definitely. Has it, have we got any um, questions in the chat for Jay at all about anything? Yeah, no so, silly questions. <laughs> what's funny was that when I posted that tweet earlier, I said, "Come in and ask." Yeah, no what. one actually. Yeah, no one did. I said, "Come and post your most intimate questions," and I said, "Spoiler alert: the answer is 14. And I know that a lot of people will be thinking, what does 14 mean? Oh, now I see what you mean. Right, yeah. 14 means that's now. how old I was when I started one-handed gaming. Oh, I see. Right, I get it now. Why do I like the Habs? Oh, God. Yeah, Invader's asking, why do I like the Habs? It's the same reason why I like Xbox. I'll never leave Xbox, and I'll never leave the Habs. No matter how bad they are, no matter if they never make the playoffs, we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens hockey team, if you don't okay. understand. Uh, they yeah, call them the Habs. He's asking why I still like them. It's because I'm not a bandwagoner. I don't just jump ship because something else is popular and something else is is better. I, I stick to what I, I stick to my guns because someday they, they'll be good again, <laughs> and I'll be the I and I'll be and I'll be the one saying, "Hey, I never left them." Unlike a lot of people, when yeah, when, well, it's like it's like here. I mean, I'm not a big football. 
football fan, but do you, do you remember ever hearing about Leicester City, the football the football club Leicester City? Yes, they won the Premier League, and no one no one ever said they would, mm-hmm. and they they made a big comeback and they won the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Granted, they've got like they had not got like a billionaire behind them, right. but they done it. But like your team could do that one day, win the league right. or the big cup, or whatever it is. <laughs> it, it is possible. Like to say, dreams do happen. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been a, I, I've been a Habs fan since I was probably twelve years old, and uh, you know I was a big Patrick Waugh fan back in the day. Patrick Waugh was one of their best goaltenders that they ever had. He he moved on to other teams, but he he kind of you know he, he was kind of an inspiration for me. Not that I ever played a lot of hockey, but yeah, yeah, like just like people like him that kind of excel at their uh, at their jobs. I love I love hearing stories like that and. Did they just aspire me to want to do better too? That's a that's a good thing. That is. Any more any more questions? Indie gamer normally has one. He hasn't had one yet. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Wall was a mad manzi back in the day. Now he's just a crazy guy with a long tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never read it. I've watched. I used to play some old hockey games back on the Mega Drive many years ago. Oh yeah, NHL '94 is probably still one of my favorites. I think that was the the first year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I love the old controls. So anytime I pick up a new uh, a new uh, NHL game, I always look for the old controls because the skill stick I find hard to play with one hand because you have to use the thumbsticks to do all the moves. If I just want to use the thumbstick, the left thumbstick and the buttons to do all my moves, that's what I want. So I always look into the controls to make sure that I can go back to the old controls. I think they call them the 94 control, control scheme. If you go and look, if anyone plays a lot of NHL. Yeah, um, Invader's got a question. Jay, what have you have you been playing recently? Have you got any games that you think will be game of the year yet? Jeez, well, so recently I've been playing a lot of Division Two. I'm at level twenty nine. I'm almost at level thirty, so I'm, I'm almost ready to hit the end game. Nice. Um, but I got a couple of people that I'm playing with that I try oh, to play with. Sonic, so. let's come in the stream. Hello. Oh God, so, so, what's oh, happening? Well. <laughs> Someone send that guy some money and make him say something stupid. Quick. <laughs> um, what else am I playing? Um, oh, I'm playing some VR. So I just downloaded Pixel Rift 1995, which is a VR game where you play this character in VR where, where you play old retro games from 1995 and beyond. And I haven't gotten very far with it, but I saw Supersonic Station was doing a live stream of it. And you actually get to the point where you actually go to an arcade and everything as this character. And like I said, it's all in VR. It's all very retro. If you're if you're like me and you're like a lot of the people that you know, I hang with, you'll love retro games. And if you've got an Oculus Quest or any VR helmet, it's like $20, this game. It's a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, I have tried the, what VR. Well, I went on a holiday. It's not the best experience, but... Last year, I don't know what year, I went on holiday, and there was a holiday camp, and they had like a game room, and they had VR and PlayStation VR, so I tried it, and I'll be honest, 
what little crap. I'll be honest. Yes. I, I've it, not, it, I have not tried. I have not tried the. Yeah, I've not tried PSVR, but people tell me it was Drive Drive Club. I know yeah. it was an old game, but it was, but it was really blurry. Whether it was my crappy eyesight, maybe it was, but I didn't like it too much. And it, it felt after I stood up, I felt all dizzy. Yeah, so that I happens did. to a lot of people. And yeah. I tried before I got my Oculus Quest. I tried VR before at at a, like a mall. And it was crap, and I got all motion sick and stuff. But I have to say that with the Oculus Quest, most of the games do not get me motion sick unless there's a lot of like the roller coaster games. A couple of the roller coaster games oh, will yeah. get me a motion sick. But uh, I played Half Life Alex, and that game yeah. is very immersive, does not make me sick. The majority of games don't. But yeah, I, can, yeah I, I can see that if there's, a, if there's like a lot of 360 degree movement, that could yeah. do it to you. Definitely. I mean, I tell you what, the shops in Britain made us when PlayStation VR came out, they made it into a bit of a scam. Well, because people wanted to try VR, uh, PlayStation VR, they were charging people fifty pounds to have a go. Wow, having a go at PlayStation VR, they were That's charging crazy. people to, to test it out. They were because they were getting fed up with people keep coming. Oh, I want to test it and then not buy it. Mm-hmm. So they started to charge people. They probably put people off. But I would like to get in try VR the proper way, like the way you are doing it. Right. It's just a, having a half good PC and buying it all, you know. And and, and that's the greatest greatest thing about um the quest is you don't even need a PC. Don't you? No. no. Oh, okay. I mean you could you can connect it to your PC with uh, an Oculus link cable, which I do for certain games. But you don't need it for all games. A lot of games you can just play by themselves. And 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 a lot of VR isn't just about games. It's about experiences and the social aspect. I love the social aspect of VR. Being able to go to a, a virtual movie theater, sit around and watch a movie on a on a hundred foot screen with people and turn your head and talk to them. It's 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 phenomenal. It's it's you, you have to try it to understand it because there are a lot of people out there that think that. VR is crap, and they don't like it. I'm not I saying VR, VR is not for everybody. I'll understand. I'll agree with that. But it's not all about just be gaming. It's a social aspect of it too, and people just have to try it. And that's why it's very hard for them to advertise VR. It's the type of thing you have to try. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, you make it sound because I remember for quite a while on the Retro Renegades, uh, Sonic Supersonics tried to make you. Get into VR, and eventually you you got into it, and you're like, you got to try it. Yeah, like I I was never against it. I was never against it. It was the price. I couldn't afford it at the time, and luckily, luckily, I was able to afford it after doing a couple jobs, and you know, exactly. Every so often, you got you got to treat yourself, right? And that was one of those times I treated myself to something. Oh, definitely. But that thing with game didn't last very long. But if I think it was a money making scheme, but they were charging. Fifty pounds to go, to go and test it out, mm-hmm. but if, if that happened now, in PlayStation VR has been out quite a long time. If this happened, say not 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. oh, the social media would eat them alive, wouldn't they? Oh, Fifty pound, you know I mean? yeah, they would. You know, but definitely, it's something I want to try at some point. VR, still say the new Xbox, the new and uh, the new Xbox should actually. Even if we're not doing VR, allow VR support 
in the store for certain headsets. They don't have to make them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know I, mean? I have a feeling they're going to. Or leave the port available because yeah. they could add it in future. Because Phil Spencer always said it would have to be a truly wireless experience. And I do believe, I could be wrong, there's no leaks on it. I believe that there's somewhere within Microsoft they're working on something VR related that's completely wireless. I mean, and you the know? worst thing is, worst thing is that every so often he'll be approached with that question and he'll say that it's not their focus. It's not their focus. And everyone turns that into we hate VR. I don't understand. I don't understand how that gets translated like that. Exactly. But they said they could be working on it. And it, because a lot of these big companies, they, they, they call stuff something different. So their project could be, say, project table. I know that's not a good example or whatever, but it could be a VR project. But it's under wraps. You see what I mean? It could, it could be experimenting. They could be making VR wireless. It could be. They've got. I mean, they've got billions of dollars. They have. They. They could. They could. They could be doing it without even because they won't. Because of what happened with Connect, they won't say anything because until they're truly sure and they know it's going to work and be ready. Because they get slaughtered the voice. They will because of what happened with Connect, as you know. It's true. You know. So. But yeah. Welcome to the stream, Punching Pie. Any more questions, anyone? I think my I think my wife just showed up. I think she brought me some food. Are you you, you all right to carry on for a little bit, or um, I think, and then I'm going to have to uh, end it soon. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, we, we got through. We got through all the questions. Oh, wait a minute! Oh, Super Sonic oh, has a question. Oh god, I'm I'm, I'm afraid to know what it's going to ask. Yeah, Sonic Sonic Sonic's got one. What did I say Tuesday? What, what, what? You're gonna know. What did exactly. I say? Oh, God. Yeah, you're gonna know what you said on Tuesday. Come this Tuesday, because I'm gonna be playing back a lot of that stuff to you. <laughs> oh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. He's gone through and made clips. <laughs> that would be good. That's right. When I'm hosting, it, it's no holds barred. I'm playing whatever. Yeah, that'd be funny. That will definitely. So yeah, right. Thanks for coming on, uh, Jay. Thank you it's for having. Great, me. It's been it's been a great chat. It has a, a lot of insights into everything, really, to be honest. I hope I, educate, I hope I educated a few people. You have, I reckon so. So if you wanna if you wanna tell everyone where you can find you, I have put everything in the link in the description. I've got about xboxgamerpicks.com now as well. I will sure. add that as well. So so yeah, don't don't be deceived. Xboxgamerpicks.com is just the way to get a hold of me. Um if you're looking for anything, gamer picks, banners, um, animations, intros, outros, overlays, anything you need. And if you want to see examples, you know, I've done the Iron Lords podcast. I've done uh, Gaming Beyond the Box. I do Retro Renegades. There's so many people that I've done work for. I do all of Boom's overlays. If you watch any of his shows, so you can take a look at uh, some of my portfolio that way. You can also hit me on Twitter at graphic underscore God. And uh, that's kind of like the main places you can find me. I'm, a, I'm even on Instagram. If you, if you like Instagram, go to Instagram.com slash Xbox Gamer Picks number one. There's so it's Xbox Gamer Picks one. And you can see every Gamer Pick I've ever designed. I've thrown them in there. Definitely. 
Well, fact, that's uh, that's great. That is thanks. Sorry about that. I was just looking at what Sonic put in the chat. I was. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, Jay. That's been very interesting stories and a very good insight into into how you got into the, uh, the business as such mm-hmm. in gaming. So thanks everyone. Thank um, you. I, I should be back next next week. I will let you know who the guest is. Thanks. See you all later. Bye. Thanks for coming. <laughs>